is Christian Questions. Bob Riley once said, Hard times don't create heroes. It's during the hard times when the hero within us is revealed. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with a Purpose. With Jonathan and Rick, this isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. Jonathan, the best part is this. We talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. You can also contact us at our website, ChristianQuestions.com. I'm Rick. And I'm Jonathan. And we're glad you've chosen to spend some time with us on this fine Sunday morning. And Jonathan, what's up? What's happening? What's the topic this morning? Well, Rick, our question is, who was that hero in the multicolored coat? And our theme text is found in Genesis chapter 45, verse 5. Now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. So we're talking about a hero, and everybody loves a hero. Someone who goes above and beyond the call of duty, someone who puts their own interests aside for the greater good, someone who does those things that others can't or won't do. Now, usually these heroes are recognized as a result of a particular event or a crisis, and then we laud their contribution. It's a rare thing, though, to see someone who lives a heroic life and displays a heroic heart throughout their entire lifetime. One who becomes a hero for the ages. And today, Jonathan, we are going to look at such a man and try to learn from the example of this very heroic life. Yes, we are. And it's not Jesus. (laughs) And it's not the Apostle Paul. (laughs) It's a different hero uh, from Scripture. And and Jonathan, this is one of those stories. And we are going to be telling a story uh, this morning. Yes, we are. And this is one of those stories that is a, it's a keeper. It's it's a story. It has all of the ingredients to, if if we if we accept it properly, to just be able to see uh, the whole the whole package and and just just find inspirations from beginning to end. It's rare to find someone that lived a life of such strength and integrity throughout. The entire life. And that's the point. It's not, and look, it's not to knock those of us who rise to an occasion and become heroic when you rise to that occasion. And fall flat on our face the next (laughs) day. (laughs) Well, but you know what? There's something to be said about those who do rise to the occasion and do things that others wouldn't. Right. And and that is certainly something to be honored and respected and, and remembered. But this is different because this is even bigger. And we're, we're talking about the life of Joseph. Joseph, not Joseph, the, you know, the, the, the father or stepfather of Jesus, but Joseph of the Old Testament. And, and folks, this morning we're going to tell you a story. The story of Joseph and the heroic aspects of his life, even when he was very young. So let's get started. The beginning. This is, this is sort of, we have four chapters today. All right. Chapter one is the beginning, a hero's lesson in motivation. Let's go to Genesis chapter 37 and look at verses 1 through 11. Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, in the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being seventeen years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons of Bilhah and Zilpha, his father's wives. And Joseph bought 
brought back a bad report of them to their father. All right, so you have a lot of things happening right here in the very beginning of this. First of all, you know, you you have Jacob is the father, and when we think of Jacob, we always think of Leah and Rachel as being the um his wives. That's right, that he had to work 7 years for each. Right, and he got the wrong one the you first know, time. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, now you have these other two women in here, Bilhah and Zilpah. So who are these ladies? Where did they come from? Bilhah, originally a handmaiden to Rachel, bore Dan and Nephtilia. So they had, she, um, Jacob had two sons by this wife, and then there's Zilpah. She was originally a servant of Laban, given to Leah, who bore Gad and Asher. So four of Jacob's sons came from these two wives, and then Jacob had 12 sons, if you remember, Mm -hmm. and uh, they became the 12 tribes of Israel, and the rest is history, as they say. So... Putting all that in, in place as a teenager, and I think this is the place where you have to say, okay, let's take notice of this. How old was Joseph? The scripture tells us. A teenager. Uh, was he? What, Se- 17? 17 years yeah. old. At 17, he's working hard, and he's not afraid to speak up, even if it meant ridicule from his peers. Uh, you know, there he gave a bad report because they weren't doing things well. Now, the bad report was about his brothers. Yes. Okay. And, and uh-oh, he's telling dad. Right, and now <laughs> is, is Joseph the oldest brother? No, he he is the second to youngest. So, and, so he's number 11. That's right. And so he's giving a bad report about all of the older ones. That would be a tough thing to do. Oh, it would. Because, you know, you got the... Th- I, if you have siblings, you get the threat of the older ones saying, don't you tell dad. <laughs> you know, that kind of a thing, right? Sure. So, oh, yeah. so you have this 17-year-old showing already that integrity reveals priorities, and priorities require sacrifice. Now, I don't think he, he did it in a way that was mean about his brothers. It was facts and information to help his father's flocks and his his future. And we, we know that... Because because of the further context of the story. You know, it, it wasn't like, oh, wait, I'm going to tell dad on you. Ah. Right, exactly. It was looking at things saying, this is not what our father asked us to do. This is not how our father asked us to behave, whatever that report was. And he was simply, like you said, bringing back the the, the bottom line factual uh, record of what was happening. So because it was the father's flocks that yes, they were taking care of. Absolutely. And so it just gives you a sense of, of uh, this, this, this depth of integrity. And we're going to get into in- integrity in, in a great deal uh, in, in just a moment here. So Joseph at 17 shows integrity. That, and that's the point. How many folks, look around you, how many kids at 17 show integrity now? How many? Very few and far between. That's right. And what a shame. Because And why don't they? Because we don't teach them. So let's understand uh, the, the, the cultural difference. Folks, we're going to be talking about the story of Joseph, uh, looking at him as a lifetime hero. If you'd like to participate, you'd like to be involved in our conversation, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And we want to hear what you have to say about today's topic. Post your comments on our Facebook page and our blog. Go to ChristianQuestions.com. All right, so let's continue with this story of Joseph with verse 3. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his children because he was the son of his old age, and he had made him a long robe with sleeves. All right, and that's commonly called the coat of many colors. Yes. And uh, this coat of many colors gets Joseph into a lot of trouble. And that's a special coat. It is. It would have been the type of garment that would have been worn by royalty in their day. Wow. 
and so being given that, and you have the ten older brothers, you saying, "Well, hey, you know, what's so special about him?" And and it, the scripture says that he was the son of his father's old age. So there was a very a great sense of attachment here. The apple of his eye? Yeah. Another uh, way to say yeah, it? Yeah, actually, absolutely, absolutely. So you have that. So this, this coat comes into play in verse 4. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now this is interesting because it says they could not speak peaceably to him. It doesn't say they would not. It doesn't say, it, it, it gives you the implication that there's a fierce rivalry that sort of overtakes these brothers. Um, it, it, and just before, I, I want to get back to that, but the words for speaking peaceably is from the same root word for shalom. Oh, okay. Okay, so it really, so they couldn't, they couldn't speak to him in, in, in tones that were, were, were brotherly and respectful. And, and this kind of reminds me of road rage. Mm. I think that's a good way to sort of you, you, people get so mad that they they begin to act ridiculously. I, I was also wondering if the influence from mothers might have something <laughs> to do with this jealousy rivalry of other wives and their children. You know, and, and that's an interesting point, and that that's a subject for another day. Why so many wives? And look at all the trouble you get, and that's why in the New Testament it's very clear: one man, one wife. You know, and move on. Yeah. I mean, but, never mind. I'm not going to yeah, yeah, go on with comment. Let, let, let's not go there, okay? <laughs> um, but let's let's again go back to the, the the concept, the idea of integrity, and because that is the bottom line of a heroic life, not just a heroic act. There's a difference between heroic acts and a heroic life. To live a truly heroic life, you must have integrity. So let, let's try and define integrity a little bit. Let's go to a soundbite from Tuck School of Business uh, in terms of putting a definition of integrity on the table. But what exactly do we mean by integrity and why is it important in business ethics? The word has two definitions. The first definition is the quality of being complete, unbroken, or whole. And the second definition, which is more important for our purposes, is the quality or state of being of sound moral principle, honest and sincere. The first definition is derived from mathematics. An integer, after all, is a whole number. So, too, is the person with integrity. But merely being whole does not convey much moral meaning. It is the second definition that gives us a deeper understanding of the concept. Being of sound moral principle implies that a person has developed and lives by a certain code of ethics that includes honesty and sincerity. These two moral virtues are cornerstones to human interaction. So it's interesting because the, the word actually has two main definitions, the quality of being complete, unbroken, or whole, and then the quality of being of sound moral principle. Honest, Honest and sincere. Yeah. And, and that just gives you a whole different idea of what we should be striving for when we look toward integrity. It's, it's a being a complete person. And Joseph, from a very young age, displayed that. Let, let's continue with Genesis chapter 37. Let's go on with verse 5. Once Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said, to them, <laughs> he said to them, listen to this dream that I dreamed. There were binding sheaves in the field. Suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. Then your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, are you indeed to reign over us? 
Are you indeed to have dominion over us? So they hated him even more because of his dream and his words. So he was already in bad standing. And then he tells him of this dream. And again, I get the sense that he's saying, listen to this dream. This was really cool. Out of innocence. Yeah. And, and, and they're, they're taking, because they've already built this rage inside of them toward him, taking that and they're looking down on they're him. They're stoking the fire of rage. Yeah. Yeah. Good way to put it. Now, see, dreams would become a theme for Joseph's life. Uh, notice how Joseph communicated to those uh, that, that were not happy with him. We have no reason to believe that he was malicious in this communication. He was just rather being a part of the family. Hey, guess what happened? happened to me today, that, that kind of a thing. So let's continue on uh, again with Genesis chapter 37. What happens next? He had another dream. Oh, great. You know, <laughs> you got a coat, you had a dream, they don't like it, and now you have another dream. <laughs> and he told it to his brother saying, look, I have had another dream. The sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, what kind of dream is this that you have had? Shall we indeed come? I and your mother and your brothers and bowed down to the ground before you. So his father kind of uh, scolds him a little bit. And he picked up on the symbolism of it. The right. sun representing himself, the moon, his wife, and the 11 stars, the 11 brothers. So he's saying, you know, be careful here. I don't think he's, he's yelling at Joseph from the standpoint of you shouldn't dream those kinds of dreams. Shame on you. Right. But he's saying... Um, just be careful. Your brothers are not in a good place. Uh, watch what you say. Yeah. So yeah. I, and I think there's that's, wisdom there. Well, of course there is. Of course there is. So here you have, you know, this young man. He's only 17 years old. He is showing signs of great integrity, and now he's show and, and he's showing signs of honor given to him by his father. Right. And now he's showing signs of some kind of a prophetic link to his life. That he's sharing, and it's certainly not going over well with everybody else. So we've got the beginnings of a tremendous story of a tremendous hero. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, who was that hero in the multicolored coat? Coming up, when you think of Joseph, is there anyone else that comes to mind? Does he remind you of someone in the New Testament? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Questions? I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, who was that hero in the multicolored coat? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, this morning we're simply telling a story. That's what we're doing. We're telling the story of Joseph of the Old Testament, one of the 12 sons of Jacob who became Israel. And this is a story of heroism throughout a lifetime. It's not heroism in one act. It's throughout a lifetime, and it begins at a very young and tender age of 17. Joseph begins to show signs of great integrity and, 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 a, and a level of fearlessness that most at 17 necessarily would not have. That's right, Rick. And this is like the beginning, the hero's lesson in motivation. Right, the chapter one. Chapter one. A hero's lesson in motivation. So, and let's finish up. We just talked about in the last segment, he has these two dreams and his father scolds him a little bit saying, you know, take it easy on your brothers here. They don't, uh, they're not taking this too well. In verse 11 of, of Genesis 37 kind of wraps this 
portion up. So his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. So you can see that by, by reading that, that his father wasn't mad at him for having the dream. Or mentioning it. What he's doing is he's saying, he's thinking about it saying, you know, there's something about this that has to be remembered. There's something important here. Yes. So the hero's choice then, at the end of this first chapter of his lesson in motivation, do you choose the motivation of hatred? Or, and that's what the brothers chose. Yes. And we'll see the results of that coming up. Or the motivation of integrity. And we got a definition of integrity as being a whole person uh, morally sound. So the first lesson is, in, in living heroically, the contrast between a raging one-sided rivalry, rivalry consisting of ten brothers versus the younger, integrity-filled teenager who lived his loyalty and showed a fearlessness when speaking truth, even if it could prove to his detriment. He spoke the truth anyway. And I think that just gives you a, a, a grand sense of a character that God could really use. It does, Rick, but weren't there 12 sons? So far it was 10 and 1. Where, where's the other one? Right. Well, Benjamin is the youngest, and Benjamin is younger than Joseph. Oh, okay. So okay. he's just a kid at this point, and we don't know how many years younger, but he was not involved in any of that. Okay. Okay, so right, there are there are 12 brothers and only 11 are accounted for, and that's where the other is. Let's, let's go to another soundbite on living a life of integrity. This is from Sagebrush Community, and it basically lists out several ways to live a life of integrity. And, and to me, it's it just, you got to listen, and, and here's why you want Secure Rewind the full edition, because you're going to hear a soundbite like this and say, wow, those are all good points. Well, in Secure Rewind the full edition, they're all written down. That's right, and there's graphics, illustrations, bonus material. You've, you've got to Check it out. Seeker Rewind, the full edition, is only available at ChristianQuestions.com, and it is a free, that's free, service, because we believe freely we have received, freely we should give. We want you to have it. We want you to use it. It's a great tool. Okay, Life of Integrity. If you want to live a life of integrity, please follow these special instructions. Admit when you are wrong. Be the first to forgive. Be the first to stand when everyone else sits down. Do what is right, even when no one else does. Say no when people are trying to get you to do something you know you shouldn't. Tell the truth and accept the consequences. Stand up for something you believe in, even though it might mean rejection or ridicule. And doesn't that sound like Joseph already? It does. And 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 that had nothing to do with talking about Joseph, but it was it was profiling his life even at a, as a teenager, and that's a that's a great thing. So, Jonathan, let's begin chapter two of the story of Joseph, this hero. Chapter two, being sold by his brothers. This is a hero's lesson of choices, determination, and consequence. Okay, a lesson, a hero's lesson of choices determination and consequence. So we're going to compare choices and determination and consequence first from the determination of Joseph. Genesis chapter 37, picking up with verses 12 to 17. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flocks near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flocks at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He answered, Here I am. Now, Jonathan, there's an interesting connection here that cannot be overlooked. It cannot be overlooked because the way uh, he answers his father, here I am. That sounds awful familiar. Well, there's a prophecy in Isaiah 6, 8. L let's read that. 
Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then he said, Here I am, send me. So you have this prophecy in Isaiah talking, speaking of Jesus being willing to go to redeem the world. That's right. Essentially going to save that which was lost. Interesting. And you have Joseph saying almost the exact same words to his father. So you, you look at that and say, could there be a special connection here to Joseph, between Joseph and Jesus? And I think the answer is unequivocally, yes, there is. And I think also, Rick, in Psalms 40, verse 8, which reads, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. That reminds me also of both Joseph and Jesus. Right. And in both cases, there's this willingness to, to do whatever the Father says to do. Right. And that is a very, very important part of this whole thing. So as we go through this, this story of Joseph and the integrity and the heroism of his entire life, let's continue to look at the life of Jesus and see how the, the character of Jesus is reflected through the actions of Joseph. I think it's an inspiring connection. So he said to them, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron to Shechem, and a man found him wandering in the fields, and the man asked him, What are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock. The man said, They have gone away, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. So there's an interesting thing here. First of all, just a sort of a, a, uh, a general observation. Sometimes the path becomes harder and less predictable than anticipated. Uh, you know, the determination says that you just keep on going uh, because your words should mirror your actions. Joseph told his father, I'll go find them and... Yeah, I'll report back right, how right, they're doing. Exactly. Now, here's the interesting thing though, Jonathan. And when you say the connection to Jesus, mm -hmm. think about this for a second. Originally, his father said, go to them, here's where they are. They're at Shechem. Right. Okay, so they were not where they were supposed to be. No. So they were lost in relation to where the father had sent them. That's right. But providentially, there was an individual there that knew where they went. I mean, without that, what would have Joseph done I, anyway? Here's the interesting thing. In the life of Jesus, he was sent to retrieve those who were lost. Lost. And in the eyes of the Father, they're lost. They were supposed to be one place. They had chosen to go another place. And Joseph, the picture of Jesus, is sent to recover them. Just, oh, that is I mean, cool. Just, just think about it. You can't make this stuff up. I mean, it, really, <laughs> it, really, it really seems to fit very, very well. It does. And, and now another scripture on the life of Jesus uh, in terms of his willingness, even at a young age, to do his father's will. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Jesus was how old in that scripture? See, 12 or 13. 12 years yep. old and already focused entirely on doing the will of the Heavenly Father. And that's when you know his family left Jerusalem and left him behind because they thought he was with somebody else. That's right. And they're traveling for days. And all the time he's sitting in the temple discussing matters of, of, of scripture and, and spirituality with the with the doctors of the law. Just it just gives you a sense of this 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 sense of a higher purpose. And that's what Joseph was showing, a sense of a higher purpose being about his father's business. Yes. Folks, if you have a thought, we're talking about the story of Joseph. We're talking about heroism, especially heroism as lived throughout a life. We'd love to hear from you at 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on 
right now. While studying the Bible and talking about today's Christian topics, go to ChristianQuestions.com for audio, video, CQ Rewind, and other free resources that no one else has on the planet. All programs are recorded and archived online. Check them out, ChristianQuestions.com. Jonathan, there's another interesting factor here. We're talking about integrity. And, and I think that sometimes when we look back into ancient history, we don't grasp the magnitude of the struggles they may have had in terms of morality and so forth. We look at them and say, yeah, their life was tough because they had to, you know, scratch the ground for a living, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But there was much more to their moral struggles, I think, than we realize. We're seeing that in the the reaction of Joseph's brothers. Yes. Who were, look, they were of the same father, you know, and and think about Jacob. Who's Jacob? Jacob is the son of Isaac. Mm-hmm. who is the son of Abraham, who was given the greatest promise that was ever given to any human being on the face of the earth. That's right. And in thee and thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Jacob is literally the promised seed in this. And, and his name is going to be changed to, to Israel. Israel. And his sons are literally the promised seeds to this. Yes. So they are special. And yet, they're struggling with integrity. Let's go back to a soundbite from Tuck School of Business uh, about integrity because it reveals a lot more than we tend to think in terms of the early, early struggles. Plato devotes much of the Republic to this struggle, providing Socrates with a platform to challenge a prevailing philosophical trend of might makes right. So even in the 5th century BC, the struggle between extreme self-interest and integrity was being played out. For Socrates, as for many contemporary moral philosophers, the person who lives a principled life is happier, in large part because he is in sync with his true nature. The moral hero is not necessarily the person we read about on the front page of the New York Times, but more likely the person we contract with to do work on our homes, to sell us insurance, or any number of other daily transactions. These are the people who make our lives pleasant, who stand by their word and defend the helpless. The interesting thing in the beginning of that soundbite is, you know, moral and philosophical things, and that's, you know, way beyond us. But, <laughs> but what she's saying is, you know, 500 B.C., there was this struggle for finding true integrity. Was it coming from power? Right. Or? Or, or doing the right thing. Yes. And so that struggle has been around in imperfect humanity right from the start, and it shows up here. And, folks, the, the, the moral of this part of the story is you have a choice. You have a choice as to how you act in terms of what you're going to do with the, the choices you're given. Are you going to, 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 to take the high road or the low road? And unfortunately, um, society today listed in the newspaper, you're not going to see a lot of those with integrity, unfortunately, as yeah. role models. Yeah, we love the low road around here, unfortunately. <laughs> not, not around here, here, but around here, the general society. Yes. Uh, so we, we looked at the choices of Joseph. He was sent to find his brothers. They weren't where they were supposed to be, so he goes and he finds them. He follows through. He's as good as his word. Now let's compare the choices and the determination of those very brothers. They saw him from a distance, and before he came near to them, they conspired to kill him. Oh, great. You know, here he is in the distance. Oh, look who's coming. Oh, the guy with the coat, the guy with the dreams. Let's get rid of him once and for all. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now and let us kill him and throw him into one of these pits. Then we shall say that a wild animal has devoured him, and we shall see what becomes of his dreams. So the motivation of hatred brings us to action based upon a moment that yields a result that may last a lifetime. 
Let me let me say that again. Wow. Because that that that's that's big. It is because they're they're making a quick decision here because they're far away from home and there's this opportunity for for evil. And it's this emotion based right. decision. So again, the motivation of hatred brings us to action based upon a moment. It's based upon that moment, and that yields a result that might might last a lifetime. Don't go down that road. I mean, that's really with the bottom line. Proverbs twenty seven four. Wrath is fierce and anger is a flood, but who can stand before jealousy? And when you think about this, Jonathan, what happened to those that Jesus, let's look at Jesus for a moment, those that Jesus sought, remember they were lost and the he lost was fighting the house of Israel. What was the reaction? Oh, let us kill him. That's right. Exactly. You know, that was the reaction of the spiritual leaders of the time. Very, again. It's another parallel. It's a very strong parallel. So, let's continue in Genesis 37. What happens now? So, they're, they're plotting to, they're, they're plotting the demise of their younger brother. But when Reuben heard it, he, he delivered him out of their hands saying, let us not take his life. Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hands and restore him to his father. So Reuben is the one brother... He stands up for Joseph. ...seems to have a little bit of guts in him, a little bit of integrity in him. To say, don't do this. Right. So he's saying, no, 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 let, let, let's not do that. But you notice he said, instead of, instead of killing him, let's just throw him in a pit. <laughs> <laughs> option two, yeah, not option one. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so let's not go all the way down this road, but it's okay to go part way down the road. It's okay to be mad for now. <laughs> and he's saying to himself, and you know, later on, I'll rescue him when nobody's looking. So he didn't say that out loud, right? But he's 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 trying to find a way to appease his brothers and still spare the life of his his younger brother. Mm-hmm. So he's sort of betwixt in between. So here's a voice of reason. And sometimes a voice of reason can can rise up and avert disaster. But the question is, is that voice of reason a voice of true courage as well? This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, who was that hero in the multicolored coat? Coming up, when you think of Joseph, uh, coming up, when God is in your life and people do all kinds of evil against you, how easy is it to lose heart? Did Joseph? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, who was that hero in the multicolored coat? Who was that guy? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, as we go through this story of Joseph, we're, we're finding integrity and comparisons to his integrity. And, and just at the end of the last segment, we had Reuben, the oldest brother, basically averting the murder of Joseph at this very young age. Yeah, but... Only that. He didn't go all the way full of integrity. He only went partially. Right. So we'd like to give him kudos, but, you know, not... not <laughs> we can't. Good, good try, try again. Because 
integrity means being taking that stand, whatever the consequences. Now he could have said no. He's the oldest. You're going down the wrong road, right, guys. Right. We can't do this. Right. And and but he didn't. He he was going to try to rescue him later, and that was all good. But he did not show the kind of courage that makes integrity heroic. And see, that's the thing that we're focusing on with Joseph. So let let's continue the story. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with sleeves that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty, and there was no water in it. So what they do... Now think about it. Joseph is coming to find them. He's probably happy to see them. Brothers! Hey, guys, how are you? And they come, and of course he's wearing his coat because this is the gift from his father. And they take the coat off, and, and 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 they throw him into this pit, and... It's like, wait, wait, what happened here? What just happened here? What, what, what is going on? So the determination and integrity to find those that he was sent to fi- find, he follows through, right? Yeah. He goes and he follows through. That determination is met with enmity and rage resulting in humiliation and a death sentence. That's what he gets. Does this sound familiar? It does. <laughs> he who was sent to find is sentenced by those who were lost. They were not where their father said they would be. And we had talked about this briefly before, but Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And, you know, the idea that they were lost, they weren't where they were supposed to be, but also their desire was to kill Joseph. That's also shown in Mark 14.1 in relation to Jesus. Now the Passover and unleavened bread were two days away, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to seize him by stealth and kill him. So you have the parallels. Joseph's life is there to give us a template to understand better the life of Jesus. Well, Rick, let's go to the phones. We have Julius from Connecticut. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. You know, we have a uh, a hymn. We sing a a hymn in our church. Uh, The title of it is, The Story That Never Grows Old. Imagine how many sermons must have been given on uh, the life of Joseph. Hmm. What a... Uh, I think of him, and then I think of his godly connection. How so? Isaiah 26, 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Okay, integrity. I I, I like that definition, beautiful definition. uh, was given a little while ago that you gave. Number one, whole, complete. Number two, honest, candid. Uh, I like a saying on the, along this line. Uh, this is one of my favorite sayings, quotations, is, uh, quote, We are what we are when no one is looking. Hmm. And question on, uh, on Joseph. Where did Joseph get his uh, education? Where did he get such godly uh, fear and reverence for God? You know, the Ten Commandments were down the road yet. Right, right, right. They, they were uh, maybe even hundreds of years, not many hundreds of years, but they were down the road many years. So where did Joseph get that, uh, you know, godly reverence? That I, You have to uh, conclude uh, his uh, ancestors, Abraham, uh, Isaac, and then, of course, I think his father, Jacob, and uh, no doubt, Rachel, his mother, Rachel. There must have been a great influence over him. Thank you. God bless. Thank you, Julius. Appreciate your call. Okay, bye-bye. And, and that's a good point, because the, the same place that Joseph got his indoctrination into integrity and, and, and godliness, his brothers would have gotten the same thing. Oh, you're right. So what happened here? 
You know, there, there's a, a massive disconnect on one end, but you have Joseph shining through. Joseph, uh, uh, Julius, thanks so much for the call. We appreciate it. Good thoughts on that in terms of putting it together. Uh, Jonathan, let's get back to the story. So, so they want to kill him. They throw him in a pit. They want to leave him there to die. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead, and their camels carrying gum, balm, and resin on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit it? If we kill our brother and conceal his blood, come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh, and his brothers agreed. So they throw him in the pit. The, their, youngest, their younger brother's in the pit, and what do they do? Sit down and have a meal. And they're talking about killing him. Come on, what's wrong with this picture? Well, well Joseph is probably saying, let me out of here. Right. Help me. What yeah, are you doing? So, you know, this death sentence is overruled to become a life sentence now. Because instead of killing them, killing him, uh, Simeon says that, well, you know, why don't we do this instead? Why don't we just sell him off? A life sentence of slavery. Exactly. Whoa. So, so, for, so for God does protect those whom he has set to do his will. Now, you say, well, how is protecting those who sent to do his will, putting them into slavery? Come on. What, yeah. what kind of protection? Exactly. It's, he's alive to be able to do the will of God, and that's the answer. And we're going to see how integrity shines in that very difficult circumstance in just a moment. But let's go back to the, the parallel to Jesus again for, for a minute here and just put it all in perspective as Joseph's life, Joseph's life is a picture of the life of Jesus. And all the people in the synagogues were filled with rage as they heard these things. And they got up and drove him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill of which the, their city had been built in order to throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went his way. So you can see that in the life of Jesus, he had the same exact types of things happen. There were times when the, the crowd wanted to destroy him, and they brought him to a place to, to throw him off a cliff, kind of like being Into in a pit. Into a pit. <laughs> yeah, throw him down. But it was not time, and so Jesus passed through their midst, is what the scripture says. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. This is a great program to go to ChristianQuestions.com to check out CQ Rewind, the full edition. Rick, I love the bonus material, the graphics, the illustrations. There's some really interesting things. There's some stuff in the bonus in material the rewind. Oh. that in the bonus material for this week that'll knock your socks off. Now, I'm not going to say too much. All I'm going to say is that a lot of Egyptian lore probably points directly to Joseph. Yes. A lot of the things that you think, uh, you know how like Greek mythology is based on really on, on truth? Yes. Well, is. a lot of Egyptian mythology is based on Joseph. Let's just put, the, let's leave it at that. It, it's it's in, cool. Seek your rewind, the full edition, sign up for it at ChristianQuestions.com. It's a free service. So, uh, let, let's continue again. Back to Genesis with the story. We've got a, a, a very difficult thing rising here. Verse 28. When some Mennonite traders passed by, they drew up Joseph, lifting him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. So now Joseph is being taken to Egypt. He is being sold into slavery. His brothers are basically way, way, waving bye-bye to what they consider to be their biggest problem. And they've got some jingle in their pocket. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> I mean, how corrupt do you get how corrupt 20 do you pieces get? of silver. Now, Judas received 
30, 30 pieces, pieces of silver. silver. So there, there's definitely a connection here between those two things. Psalm 91, 11 to 12, again, in terms of our connection between the life of Joseph and the life of Jesus. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up with their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. So there's this promise that was given uh, in, in the psalm, uh, and, and we know that it was applied to Jesus, that he would be protected. Now, Jesus was protected and yet crucified. Yes, yes. Joseph is protected and yet sold into slavery. So you have this protection that takes on a very strange form. And you say, well, how are you going to react to that? And that's where true integrity shines through. And that's why we look at the life of Joseph as a life of great heroism. Uh, let's go back to a, a sound by Jonathan from Sagebrush Community. Remember, it was listing off all of these things about how to live with integrity? Yes. Well, here's the continuation of the list. Defend someone who is considered unpopular or unacceptable. When faced with a limitation, give your very best, regardless of pain or discomfort. Confront the fear without running away. Give sacrificially to protect or promote either someone you love, someone who has been wronged, or someone in need. And all of those things mentioned on that list, you know, protect someone who's not popular. Where was the protection of Joseph here by his brothers? Uh, And and you can see the lack of integrity. And now what we're going to see happen is the development of Joseph's um, opportunity to show his integrity. Under this fire of trial that he's going and, through and that is that's a good way to put it a fire of trial because look he's being sold into slavery that had never happened to him obviously before so here's the hero's choice in this second chapter here of, of the life of joseph uh, a hero's lesson of choices determination and consequence that's this chapter the hero's choice is you can either act out of the emotional instability of the moments the brothers or you can follow the vision which one do you choose? Are you going to act out of the emotional instability of the moment at hand, or are you going to choose to follow a greater, larger vision? And that's a, a choice that every hero in their life must make sometimes many, many times over. So this second lesson in living heroically, reason without courage is at best a shaky compromise. Yes, it is. Okay. Courage without reason is an empty promise. You, it's great to have courage, but if you don't have reason with it, it, it ends up being empty. Both of these are unstable at best. Courage that is founded in reason and obedience to the vision is destined for mockery and threats, and yet it still perseveres. And see, that's the thing. And that's what we're going to see unfold uh, in the next hour And when we look at the life of Joseph. We're going to see courage uh, earmarking the integrity. Courage is what's going to come and shine out because the integrity is not going to be shaken. So there are choices that heroes make. So, so Jonathan, what do we have so far? The development of a hero for the ages begins with who, what, and how he is motivated. Okay, so you've got those three parts, okay? If, if you're going to look at somebody who we classify as a hero for the ages, you've got to say, well, who, who's he motivated by? What's he motivated, motivated by? And how is he motivated? What else? With a desire to only do the will of his father, the hero then must act in accordance with that vision at all costs. And most likely, there will be a cost, a severe and 
significant cost that most would not be willing to pay. And it's interesting, in the life of Joseph at this point, now remember, he's only 17 years old right now. Which is amazing. How mature for a young man. And he ended up getting into a situation that he did not expect, not, he did not bargain for, he was not looking for. He did have favor of his father. There's no question about that. He did have those dreams that put him in a sort of a different category. But he was showing at a very, very young age the ability to put things in order and to do the right things no matter what the cost. Yeah, but all is lost. Now he's a slave. And, He's gone, and, and and you know, and that's the way we we would look at this. And and folks, look, if we're not on in your area uh, for this next hour, you know what happens? Because the man sold into slavery, or the boy is sold into slavery. What happens to him? If we're not on in your area for the second hour, go to ChristianQuestions.com, click Listen Live, and stay with us because the story only gets bigger and better and more inspiring when we see how this young, young, young man handles this great, great trial. It's not something he would have expected. So at that age, you'd think that he would be easily swayed and easily influenced by all of the the, the negativity surrounding him. I mean, think about it. You're a kid, a kid at 17, and you're eventually not just deserted by your family, you're sold by your family. And now you know how much you're hated. Yeah, and, and what, what memory do you have? What memory now are you left with? You're left with the memory of looking behind you and looking at those ten brothers that sold you into slavery. You're far from home. There's no place to go. There's no help. And you are in chains. What does integrity do in that situation? How does integrity develop the courage and the discipline to become a true hero for the ages? That's what's coming up in the second hour. So, folks, uh, stay with us for that. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Let us know what you think. You can email us at rick, R-A-C-K, at christianquestions.net. Until this coming hour, we're talking about the life of Joseph, a young man sold into slavery. Who was that hero in the multicolored coat? It's Joseph. What happens to him? We'll be back soon. For Rick and Jonathan and Christian Questions, it's about integrity. Think about it. is Christian Questions. This is a quote from the Clintock and Strong Encyclopedia of the Bible in an article on Joseph. It's a very simple thing. It says, Guilt is always the ready parent of fear. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Christian Questions Talk Radio with your breakfast with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Jonathan, we have got a tremendous, tremendous subject this morning. We do, Rick. Uh, what an example Joseph is. And our question this morning is, who was that hero in the multicolored coat? And our theme text comes from Genesis chapter 45, verse 5. Now, do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. 
So we're talking about the life and times of Joseph, the Joseph of the Old Testament, one of the 12 sons of Jacob who became Israel. And, and folks, for those of you who know the story of Joseph, and we spent the first hour and he's still 17 years old, <laughs> you're thinking, okay, how are you going to cover this whole thing? The answer is, we're not. This is part one of a two-part program. Part two will be coming up in several weeks. But it, it, there was just, it wasn't my personal intention to make it a two-part program. But there's so much here. Right. Once we started looking at this, the, the material got longer and more detailed and more inspiring, frankly, and thinking, oh, you can't leave that out. You can't leave that out. You can't leave that out. I'll put it all in. And it gives us a chance to look and see that parallel between Jesus and Joseph exactly. and their lives, how they kind of walked the same walk in a way. They did, in a, in a very significant way. And in the first hour, we were discussing the lesson in, some hero lessons. First lesson was the lesson in motivation. What what moves you? Uh, the second was the hero's choices, determination, and consequences. You have to have motivation, and then based on that motivation, you have to make choices. Now we're going to go to chapter 3 of the story of Joseph, and this is going to be Joseph in Potiphar's house. Potiphar is a very high-ranking Egyptian. He's sold into slavery there. And this is a hero's lesson in living with sacred honor. And again, Joseph is a young, young man. We're going to go to a soundbite from Joseph, the movie, from several years ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, ben, I remember that movie. It was ben a great Ki- movie. Ben Kinsley pl- played Potiphar. Yes. And this soundbite is in the context of what it might have looked like uh, when Joseph was actually being bought uh, in slavery by Potiphar, you know, you know, with all of the commotion going on around. Now, obviously, it's not scriptural, word for word based. No, no, but no. it sure does give you a feel for it. And and so so let's listen to that. He's the best, sir. He's a fine slave, sir. Look at that fine head. Look, look at those shoulders. Look at that back. Those arms. He is perfect. He's healthy enough, but probably never done a hard day's labor in his life. Ah, but he can be trained, master. He, he's, he's submissive, he's obedient. You do anything without a whimper. And he knows his place. Never opens his mouth except to pray. Is <laughs> <laughs> that true, boy? Answer the master. And to whom are these prayers addressed? Which gods? Only one, my lord. Only one God. Must be very poor indeed. Doesn't that sort of give you the sense of the humiliation that comes along with the the, the whole idea of, of slavery? Yes. And, uh, you know, you're looking at this young man, and, and this, this is a, a young man that you know, obviously did nothing wrong, and, and yet he's in a position of being sold like a piece of meat. Uh, just to do uh, effort and, 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 and the will of somebody else. It's, it's, just, it's just such a, a, a tragedy of life, but wait to see what happens from it. If you have a thought on our program, our subject, give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.com. So let's continue. Let's jump to Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 to 6, and see the context of being taken into slavery in Potiphar's house. Now Joseph was taken to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. He was in the house of 
this Egyptian master, his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hands. So there's some light bulbs going off here as probably a few years are passing by. Uh, and Joseph is showing that he is living a life, and here's this, this, this lesson, this third chapter of Joseph's life, a hero's lesson in living with sacred honor. And Potiphar is probably rejoicing at the slave that he bought. He got a great bargain. <laughs> he did. He <laughs> because did. he's got one of the Lord's children. Wow. And, 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 and this young man is very, very diligent. So the, the lesson here, living a life of sacred honor usually reveals itself when circumstances are challenging and life looks as though it's not where we expected it to be. That's where our sacred honor, that's where our integrity, that's where true heroism, lifetime heroism begins to blossom. He didn't lose heart during he, this experience. And, and that's exactly the point. He didn't just give up and say, my life is over. He pursued godliness in spite of his very difficult circumstances. And, and again, as we look at the parallel between Joseph and the life of Jesus, let's look at Luke chapter 2, verses 50 to 52. But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth. And he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And that gives you a sense that Jesus, as a very, very young man, was growing along the right direction, obviously. Sure. But Joseph is showing us that in his own life. So there's definitely a parallel between the two. Now, now let's go back, Jonathan, let's go back to the Joseph the movie in uh, um, dealing with... Um, Potiphar still making the choice. Okay, this is the, the dramatization from the movie. He's still making the choice. Okay, do I want this guy to be my slave or not? Uh, I'm not sure. You know that kind of a thing. He's also trying to haggle. That's what he's trying to do. <laughs> but anyway, let, let's listen to the, to this interchange. My one God provides all my needs, my Lord. Well, he hasn't done very well for you now, has he? <laughs> Superstitious lot, my lord. He's what? Semites. Semites? Semites. But when they are not praying, they work very hard. Hard workers, are they? Yes. I don't know, I don't know. What do you think of it, sir? I can knock the piety out of him, master. I know that. When I finish with him, he'll leave a city full of gods. He's young. There would be ten more good years in a slave like this. So, the the whole idea is, uh, okay, so you serve this one God, and I guess he hasn't done so well for you, has he? <laughs> oh, what ridicule. And again, for a young, young man, that can certainly weigh in uh, in your mind and influence the way you think. It could. Because you're saying... Yeah, you know what? I, I, what, what, what good is has my life become? You know, if I, I love God so much, how come I'm here? How come I'm in this situation? So, by by choosing to follow a sacred honor, one puts themselves in a position to excel in the most unusual circumstances. And what happened in the scripture that we read before? Uh, right? Uh, well, actually, we didn't read it yet. Oh, <laughs> let's read the scripture and then see what happens. It's great. Sorry. <laughs> so Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. <laughs> He's a kid, remember. <laughs> From the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had, in house and in field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And with him there, 
he had no concern for anything but for the food that he ate. Now Joseph was a handsome and a good-looking man. So you have this sense of great accomplishment now, the scripture reveals. Great accomplishment as a slave. He's a kid, and he is so mature, and he has such integrity, and he works so hard, and he's so honest, and he's so forthright, and he's so godly that, that Potiphar looks at him and says, this kid should run my household. Wow. So I would imagine that a couple of years have passed as, as Joseph is working his way sure. up through the ranks. Sure. But the scripture says that it got to the point that Potiphar had such confidence in Joseph that he left in Joseph's charge all of his house, of his fields, of his people. Wow, the, the increase must have been to such an extent that Potiphar had never seen anything like it. And, and, and I think that's exactly what happened. And he's saying, there's something very special here, and I'm going to take advantage of it. He's my slave, he's my property, and, but look what he's doing for me. So he, Joseph created a massive amount of confidence in Potiphar because he was godly and had such integrity. Folks, if you have a thought, we're talking about Joseph, we're talking about a heroic life, and we're looking at it from the standpoint of how do we become heroes in our daily lives. Our number is 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. Go to our website and become a Twitter follower to learn about upcoming programs and new updates posted. Our website has over 500 archived programs. Go to ChristianQuestions.com. And uh, also available at ChristianQuestions.com, Secret Rewind, the full edition. Folks, you have to sign up for the full edition. There's some amazing material in the bonus material in the full edition on Joseph that's going to knock your socks off. ChristianQuestions.com. Sign up for Secret Rewind, the full edition. It's a free service. And I just want to add, last week's program we did on Worry, Mm -hmm. the Rewind for that program was the best rewind I've ever seen. It was so clear in helping to get the point of how to manage worry. And folks, if you sign up now, you can still get all of the previous rewinds. And they're all free. You've got to just try it out. Just try it. You're going to love it. So you can rewind at ChristianQuestions.com. Free service. So, so Jonathan, Joseph prospers everything of Potiphar's. Let's go to Psalm 91, verses 1 to 4. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers us from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you shall seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. So you can see how Joseph is protected, but he's still a slave. Yes. So it's kind of like a, a strange combination of things, but it's working and it's bringing glory to God ultimately. Now, it's not necessary glory that can be seen in a lot of different places. No, only in Potiphar's household at right. this point. And probably only by Potiphar. Right. But it is, it is the integrity and the courage that it took to live up to that integrity that Joseph is showing here. So now you have all of this and it's going great. Now, inevitably, when things are going great, there's always a test. Here's what comes up, Genesis 39, verses 7 to 10. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, with me here my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my hand. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except yourself, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And although... 
she spoke to Joseph day after day. He would not consent to lie beside her or to be with her. So this was not just a one-time thing on the part of, of Potiphar's wife. This was a day-after-day temptation uh, from his master's wife to, look, let, let's, you know, let, let's have an affair. And, and the truest hero stands firm and does not give in to those things that contradict the vision. And he sees all compromise in the light of the potential for sin against God. And you notice that's what he says? It wasn't against himself. It was against God. It wasn't even against Potiphar. It was against God. He knew what was right and what was wrong. And he would not take a single step in that wrong direction. And that so much reminds us of Jesus being tempted as well. Not exactly in the same way, but Luke chapter 4, verses 5 to 8. And the devil, taking him up unto a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of thee, for that is delivered unto me, and to whosoever I will give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, and shall be thine, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And you see the similarity in, in Joseph's reasoning, I would be sinning against God. Right, and, right. And, and in Jesus' reasoning is, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So the life of Joseph is showing us how to better understand the life of Jesus. It's full of integrity and courage, and what a great example. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, who was that hero in the multicolored coat? I know. When Joseph was faced with temptation, what did he do? No one was in the house. His master's wife was being seductive. No one would know. That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, who was that hero in the multicolored coat? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, we're looking at the story of Joseph, and now he's in Potiphar's house, and he has he has blossomed in Potiphar's house. He's 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 made Potiphar's household very profitable. He's a very young man, but Potiphar's wife uh, has a thing for him, and yes. she she is after him relentlessly. It's daily. Right, he, he has to deal with this continuously and, and, in you know, his life. Normally, you'd say to somebody who's who's facing a temptation, "Well, just don't go there anymore. Get away from it." But he couldn't. This is his job. He's, He's a stuck. slave. He's, He's a stuck slave. in the house. So here, let's w- see what happens next. Genesis thirty nine eleven. One day, however, when he went into the house to do his work, and while no one else was in the house, she caught hold of his garment, saying, "Lie with me." But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. So. You have you have the 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 great great trial coming to a very specific point here, and literally he's running outside without his clothing because he is running away from the problem. I mean, this got worse. She's forcing herself on him at this point. Very much. First Corinthians six eighteen is a good illustration for us as Christians. Flee immorality. Run away. 
Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. So, uh, so let, let's go on to the next section of reading here, just to put this in, in perspective, then we'll go to the phones. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand, and he had fled outside, she called out to the members of the, her household and said to them, See, my husband has brought among us a Hebrew to insult us. He came into me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And when he heard me raise my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. So now she takes what she has done, and she blames Joseph, not herself. She's lying. Because she was rejected. Right, right. And so she's going to make him suffer for, for her rejection. A life of sacred honor, which is what this chapter of Joseph's life was about, will often be falsely accused and slandered, as its standards are such that, by their mere presence, they reveal the depth of the sin that's around them. And I think that's an important part of this. The standard is high enough where every others end up looking bad in their own eyes. That's right. And so they're going to knee-jerk reaction, slander you to make themselves look better or feel better. And Jesus told us that would happen to us. Let's read the scripture, then we'll go to the phones. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So there you have Jesus warning us that they did it to him. They're going to do it to us if we're followers of him. And folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. All right, we're going to go to the phones, and we have Randall from Connecticut. Good morning, Randall, and welcome to Christian Questions. Good morning. Happy Sunday. To you, too. We have Genesis thirty-nine twenty-one. The Lord remained with Joseph. He showed him kindness by making the chief jailer well disposed toward him. God does not speak directly to Joseph the way he speaks to Abraham. He sees no burning bushes, he parts no seas, yet he acts with confidence. Joseph is a role model for the Christian because he trusts God the way we must. Isaiah 12:2. God indeed is my savior. I'm confident and unafraid. Joseph sees God in his life through his abilities and his faith. When things seem not to be going well for the Christian, we take action in trust. Hebrews 10.39, we are not among those who draw back and perish, but among those who have faith and will possess life. Randall, thanks so much. We appreciate it. God bless you guys. Take care. What a, a great thought that Joseph's relationship with God was so different than Abraham, and yet he didn't have that voice in his head saying, Joseph, do this or do that. He had the teaching, and he applied the teaching with great integrity and heroism and courage, and look what happened. So, Randall, great observation. Thank you for that. So, so, so Jonathan, you have the story. I mean, it's starting to spin out of control here. It is. Now, what has Joseph done wrong? Nothing. Nothing at all. He's a young man. He's working hard. He is godly. He has integrity. He's, he is very sincere. He's very moral, and yet because... This the, the wife of Potiphar was rejected by him. She is now out for blood. And, and in the next few scriptures, that's really what happens here. Then she kept his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you've brought among us came to me to insult me. But as soon as I raised my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. So... She she's she's building the story, making it bigger and bigger and more dramatic, and showing how how hurt she is. And she's taking her rejection and and turning it into innocence to get sympathy. And here's the thing, Jonathan: lies often repeated begin 
to sound like truth. Oh, that is so true. The life of sacred honor simply moves forward, knowing that the only opinion and judgment that really matters is that of God himself. Right. That's really easy to say, not so easy to do. Because now Joseph is in a position where he is going to be essentially uh, accused, not essentially, he's going to, he is being accused of something not only that he did not commit, but that he ran away from, that he, he said no to countless times. How's he going to get out of this one? Well, and that's the question and doesn't have a very good answer, actually, when you think about Uh-oh. it. Let's go back to the parallel to Jesus. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 to 6 is a prophecy about the suffering of Jesus. Now listen to this and see how it parallels with the life of Joseph. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did not esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. So here you have this prophecy showing that Jesus bore the sins of everyone else. Was Jesus sinful? No. Did Jesus do anything wrong? No. Did he, did he think anything wrong? No. But yet he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He brought equity back to the human race by being willing to carry those things that did not belong to him. Joseph was also about to carry those sins which did not belong to him, and he was to be punished for those sins. And, and, you know, one other thing before we get go a little further and wrap up this chapter, we've got plenty more to come, folks, so you know, we're not wrapping anything up here. If you do have a thought, though, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And, Rick, if our listeners don't have a computer, but they really want CQ Rewind... Yeah, can we keep talking about CQ Rewind's greatest thing ever? And they're like, oh, man, great. I don't have my computer. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to send you a copy of CQ Rewind. All we need is your address, and now you can... Give us your information on our website. Well, you Not can. Not on our website. You it, can write us. What's the address they would write to? Christian Questions at P.O. Box 1837, New London, Connecticut, 06320. Oh. All right. And, um, yeah, we want to send it to you. If yeah. you want to call our call screener here, uh, and, and which it makes it easier. Just and, leave your address with him, and we'll make sure we get you one. Okay, and, and that, that's an ongoing thing. If you'd like to get it on a regular basis, we have someone who's volunteered to do that for us. So again, CQ Rewind, the full edition, is available at ChristianQuestions.com. We want to encourage you to do it that way, but if you don't have a computer, you don't have the ability, certainly write to us or call us, let us know, and we would, be, we would love to send it to you. And again, it's free. So Jonathan, now as we wrap this up, the lesson of, of Joseph running away from sin... Of, of, of just, just avoiding it. Jesus did the same thing. Remember when Simon Peter came to Jesus and said, oh no, these things are not going to happen to you. Oh yes. Now, what, what was the reaction? Jesus' reaction was, get thee behind me, Satan. And this came from a source, a friend. It came from a friend, and yet he saw it as a source of, of, of evil counsel. Not that Peter was evil, but it was evil counsel. And he said, no, I cannot 
will not walk that direction. And the same thing with Joseph. He saw something before him and he said, no, I cannot, will not walk that direction. It is a contradiction to godliness. So the hero's choice in this chapter of Joseph's life is to live in obedience to your circumstances. That's one choice. You've got circumstances. He could have reasoned to himself that, hey, she's the master's wife. I have to do what she says. I don't have a choice. I'm a kid. She's not. She is commanding me. What what else am I supposed to do? He could have done it that way. Or you can live in sacred honor to the vision and say no, knowing that you might get yourself into bigger trouble. But you you have that sacred honor that says... I will not compromise the vision of serving God with integrity. Hold to what is true. Again, folks, the number is 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now, and we're talking about a hero. And and again, Jonathan, this is not just about a hero uh, in terms of of a circumstance, an event. This is a hero whose life entire life was heroic and affected how many thousands of well, people he eventually saved the, the, the then world is yes it, it sounds like jesus doesn't hmm. it <laughs> how about that <laughs> you just say wow how about that but he from the time he was a very young man displayed heroic qualities that god blessed and he became this massive influence for good in all of his everyday life. Wouldn't you want to grow up and be like that? Amen. That's why this is such an important and inspiring subject. So this third lesson of living heroically, all choices yield consequences, both intended consequences and unintended consequences. Living with sacred honor means uh, accepting all consequences with grace and humility, even at the expense of reputation and future. Wow. It, that and that's a strong statement. That is, but that's what Joseph was willing to do. So now Joseph is being accused. Let's go back to the movie Joseph, uh, and now he's before Potiphar, and Potiphar obviously is going to be very angry and upset with him. What my wife's servant ran to tell me is it true? Would you have me call your own wife a liar, master? I thought I could trust you. But you can, Master. Now explain yourself. How, Master? She accuses you of the vilest crime, Joseph, and demands the full measure of the law in vengeance, which means your head. And a man guilty of that crime would deserve nothing less. So you deny it? Yes, of course. But who would believe a slave pleading for his life? I deserve better than that from you. I've treated you more like a son than a slave. Trusted my entire estate to you, made you the law of my house in my absence. You a slave! Your land's prostrate under my hand. Which is why I'd rather not see you dead. Take me years to find another like you. Is there nothing you can say in your defense? So obviously Potiphar is 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 livid with anger, and Joseph is basically saying now he's he he's 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 standing up for for integrity without being accusatory. Exactly. Wow, what wisdom and the young man had. Wouldn't and that's he's in such a difficult difficult No, I know situation. this is from the movie, but <laughs> right, that right. is the integrity that Joseph showed throughout his whole life. Right, right. And you're right. That is a dramatization, but when you, it it drops you into the story it really in does. a very real sense. And so so now we get on to chapter 4 of this story, Joseph being sent to prison. Now he's going to go to prison. He's already a slave. Now he's going to prison, and this is a hero's lesson in single-minded focus. And and let's just wrap up the conversation 
dramatization, the dramatization uh, <laughs> from the movie Joseph between Joseph and Potiphar here. You know you can trust me. I would never betray you, not after all the goodness you've shown me. Wouldn't you call forcing yourself on my wife a betrayal? Of course I would. And I repeat, I would never betray you. You're saying my wife's a liar. That's not my place, Master. But whatever happened to her was not by my hand. I could not do such a thing. No, no, you couldn't. It goes against everything I've ever seen in you. So, in this Look at that example. It right. goes against everything I've seen in you. Now, that's not a scripture, but you, know, right. you get a sense that Potiphar would understand that this is contrary to what, what I know. So he didn't do what his wife said, which was behead him, kill him. He didn't go that far, right. did Potiphar? No, he didn't. So let, let's look at Genesis thirty-nine, nineteen to 23 now. Now when his master heard the words of his wife, which he spoke to him, saying, This is what your slave did to me. His anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the jail. So now he's gone to jail. How would you or I react being punished with no cause? Would we begin to think that God had abandoned us? The true hero lives in their present circumstances based on truth and is not swayed by any biased perceptions of events. In other words, Joseph took in the event and just went in, in, into a new, more difficult circumstance. So what's next in my life? Right. Where's God leading me now? Now, obviously, you know, there's that, that emotional turmoil that comes with being oh, accused, yeah. and now you're in jail as a rapist. Right. I mean, th- that's the fact. Yeah. Okay? That's the, the label you're carrying. Uh, but Joseph somehow was able to rise above that, and it reminds us of Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. The steadfast of mind... You will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. So having our, uh, our, our situation turned from bad to worse, can we stand firm in peace? This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, who was that hero in the multicolored coat? Coming up, Joseph's life was on the line. Did God forget him? Thrown into jail. What did he do? Did despair and depression overtake him? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, who was that hero in the multicolored coat? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.com. It's interesting, Jonathan. First of all, this is part one of a two-part program on Joseph. Right. So in several weeks, we'll pick up part two. But it's an interesting thing. Everybody remembers Joseph because of the the, the, uh, multicolored coat. Yes. The coat of many colors. Right. Uh, And that was a symbol of of royalty. Yes, it was, wasn't it? Isn't that interesting how Jesus is royalty? Yes. And But, you know, he didn't have that coat very long. No, (laughs) it was ripped off of him. (laughs) Yeah, but that's how we remember him. And what that signals to us is the royalty of his integrity. 
that the royalty of his courage, the royalty of his godliness. And now he is thrown into prison for something he did not do. So what happens? Let's go back to Genesis 39. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail, so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. Doesn't that sound just like what Potiphar did? <laughs> it sure it's does. like, okay, got this guy, Joseph. I, he can handle it. I don't even have to question him. And he's a prisoner. Wow. <laughs> and, and so you have this. Uh, so there's no surprise here. When one is single-minded, then one does only what one knows. In this case, it is fidelity to God and his principles, thereby showing his faith in God's presence in his life, where others would say God had abandoned him. No matter what circumstances you're in. So Wow. He was a, a he was a slave, and it looked like God abandoned him. But Joseph stayed true. Yes. Now he's in prison, and it looked like God abandoned him, but he stayed true. Mm. That is why we look at the life of Joseph and say, now that is a hero for the ages, because those are the quiet things that nobody sees. Those are not dramatic things yet. He doesn't do dramatic things yet. But what he does is he lives in accordance with the integrity of godliness, and that's the drama that makes him. The hero. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And if you want to stay connected to us, go to ChristianQuestions.com, no matter the day or time. Again, ChristianQuestions.com. If you would uh, like to email us uh, with a personal question or thought or comment, you can do so at Rick, R-A-C-K, at ChristianQuestions.com. Net. That's Rick at ChristianQuestions.net. So Joseph is true even though all of life's circumstances have turned bad and he's finding favor because he is so, he's so full of goodness. So now let, let's go to Genesis chapter 40 and see what begins to happen. Then it came about after these things, the cupbearer and the baker from the king of Egypt offended their lord and the king of egypt pharaoh was furious with these two officials the chief cupbearer and the chief baker the captain of the bodyguard guard put joseph in charge of them and he took care of them and they were in confinement for some time it gives you a sense that uh, on uh, how how angerable the the pharaoh was <laughs> i don't like what you said or did go to jail yep whoa <laughs> not a good situation to no. be in so they're in they're in uh in, in jail and guess who ends up taking care of them joseph so uh, and and it reminds me it reminds me of jesus again how he would extend himself beyond himself matthew twelve fifteen is a good example but jesus aware of this withdrew from there many followed him and he healed them all so many followed him. He didn't ask them their, their name, rank, and serial number. He just healed them. Right. He healed those. He took care of those that were put before him. And Joseph is, a, is, is showing us, in a very practical sense, the life of Jesus. So wonderful, wonderful example of thriving. You know, you know the phrase, uh, bloom where you're planted? Yes. Well, yes. Joseph, was, I think Joseph invented that phrase. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> because he's a very ancient uh, individual who just knew that God's will was the only important thing and did not ever stop at anything. Uh, in, instead, he always honored God. 
in, in everything. So let, let's continue now. So now there, he's got these two people that, again, there's no hope or gr- goodness here. He's just helping them because that's the way he is. And these guys are connected to the Pharaoh. Right. And, but they've offended the Pharaoh. That's why they're where they are. So what happens? Then the cupbearer and the baker from the king of Egypt, who were confined in jail, both had a dream the same night. <laughs> dreams. You see? Dreams come up again. Each man with his own dream and each dream with its own interpretation. When Joseph came to them in the morning and observed them, behold, they were dejected. Then he said to him, We have had a dream, and there is no one to interpret it. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell it to me, please. So it's interesting that they have these dreams and they, they know they must mean something, but they don't know what to do with it. I mean, they're comparing them back and forth. You yeah. know, what's going on? And, and Joseph basically says, again, he gives honor and praise to who? God. Is that amazing? And, 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 and you know, but see, at this point, even though he's still a very, very young man, he's in his 20s at this point, that's what we would expect from him now. Because he has shown that the pattern of his life is such that it's always glory to God. Always glory to God. Always do the right thing. So fidelity and single focus. That's the chapter. That's the lesson that we're working on. Here's an opportunity to bring comfort to others while witnessing to the power of God. This all without any promise of any personal gain. He doesn't stand to gain anything by this. But he just wants to support these individuals in their difficulty. And, and again, that reminds us of Jesus, Matthew nine thirty six. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus was often in that situation where he would just have compassion on those that were around him. If you have a thought, now would be the time. Give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and hey, that means we're on right now, so... Avail yourself of the opportunity. Jonathan, this is such a great subject because this is practical inspiration for learning how to become a daily hero. One who lives with integrity and courage and in a God-honoring sense applies principles over preferences in every turn uh, of your life. What would Jesus do? What would Joseph do? You know, you can see the parallel. There's a dramatic, dramatic parallel between those two lives. So, now... The, these two have dreams, the cupbearer and the uh, and the baker. Okay, we're not going to talk about the dreams. We don't have time. But if you want details on the dreams, uh, go to ChristianQuestions.com. Sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition, and the dreams are there in the bonus material, and it's all free. ChristianQuestions.com. So, what happens now? Joseph interprets the dreams. Okay, now what happens? Genesis chapter 40, verses 20 to 23. Thus it came about on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast for all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his office, and he put the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker, just as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. So... So oh, no. Yeah. He's in prison. Yeah. Hey, he and, interpreted your dream. And guess what? He's still going to be in prison. Won't you put a good word in for me? And, and, and Joseph said that. You know, he said, you know, remember me to Pharaoh. And the opportunity was there, and he still didn't do it. And, you know, the interpretations of the dreams are one of you is going to be restored to favor, the other is going to die. And it came true. It came true. And that's the other thing. Joseph wasn't afraid to tell them the interpretation of those dreams, even though one of the, the end results was bad news. That's right. And so Joseph is still left in prison. He is forgotten again. <laughs> oh. 
So all he does is good, and all he gets is a further sentence for something he didn't do. So, and this this reminds us there was a uh, this was an animated. program on Joseph King of Dreams and this is a verse one verse of a song from this uh, that gives you a sense of the faith of Joseph and this is I, I think the the song is called you know better than I and how appropriate at right after you hear of the fact that Joseph did all this good and then he's forgotten so let's listen to this verse if this has been a test I cannot see the reason but maybe knowing I don't know is part of getting through. I try to do what's best, and faith has made it easy to see the best thing I can do is put my trust in you. For you know What a powerful message, and what a great uh, condensation of the life of Joseph, or condensing it into that simple phrase. Joseph's faith, Joseph's integrity, and his courage said to God, you know better than I. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what's happening. I didn't do anything wrong, but here I am. But there must be some reason, and I am willing to sit in acceptance of whatever that is, and continue to do whatever your will is, and continue to do right, just I just want to be faithful to you. Wow. That, <laughs> That's a hero. Exactly. That's a hero. That is a daily hero, a hero who thrives in every day of their life to be godly. And again, that reminds us of none other than Jesus himself. In Isaiah, going back to Isaiah 53, verses uh, 7 through 9. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought up as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut out of the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth." And so Jesus was willing to suffer for things he did not do for the betterment of all mankind as Joseph was willing to suffer for the things that he did not do for, for, the, for, the, for the reason of following after the will of God that he, he himself did not yet understand. Yes. And he was going to save mankind. The best is yet to come. That's right. But at this point, Jonathan, we are going to leave Joseph in prison and forgotten until our second uh, part of the series on Joseph coming up in a few weeks. So the hero's choice is this. You can either be swallowed in, the, in despair by misfortune or never flinch from a single-minded focus. What's your choice? And it, it, this fourth lesson in living heroically. So the hero does good things for others and his reward essentially is to be forgotten. Again, to the outsider, it would seem as though God had all but left him. But this is precisely how a lifetime hero is developed. Tested, tried, and often alone, he shows his motivation by making the choice to live with sacred honor 
and a single-minded focus. That See, the, the, the great part of this first half of the story of Joseph, and again, folks, we've got the second half coming up in se- several weeks, so uh, watch uh, Christian Questions uh, website, ChristianQuestions.com for that. You, 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 you're putting all of the ingredients in. He is, his character is being built. His integrity is being built. His faith is being built. His courage is being built. His wisdom is being built all for the purpose of being able to literally save the world. Not one mistake, not one bad word have we heard from Joseph's mouth. And that is a really amazing thing when you look at it. And that's why we look at him as such a great example uh, in terms of helping to understand the life of Jesus. Because Joseph, and and folks, if you were listening for the two hours, there were numerous parallels between their lives. Numerous parallels between the experiences and between the attitudes of Joseph and Jesus showing us how important it is for us to truly focus on integrity and doing what's right and to, to find faith in action in our daily lives and therefore learn how to become a daily hero. For Jonathan and Rick, it's Christian Questions. We hope you've enjoyed being with us this morning. We certainly have enjoyed being with you. We look forward to further conversation with you. Check us out at our website, ChristianQuestions.com. Leave your comments on Facebook. Check out the blog. Follow us on Twitter. All of those available. We want to focus on becoming daily heroes. Until next time, that hero Joseph, coat of many colors. What a man, what an example. Until next time, be a hero. Think about it.